0: You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always my co-host, David Droegemeier. And on today's show, we are also joined by John Kegley. One of the original members of the show before we get started this episode is brought to you by built bar go to builtbar.com and use the promo code alot 15 all caps one word and you'll get 15 percent off your next order we are three riders who got our start at san diego sports domination san diego's top sports blog and we've been covering the Chargers now for over six seasons doing our own facebook live show chargers domination live which airs weekly during the season I also write for the LA Football Network, but this is our fourth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Well, welcome into Mock Draft Monday 6.0. We did get away from it for one week last week just because of everything going on in free agency, and we'll have more free agency on today's show. But we are getting into our Mock Draft Monday. To wrap up today's show, we are going to be looking at the Chargers prospects in the fifth round of the NFL draft coming up here in April, and there's some... Later guys, I think the Chargers could get excited about, especially at a couple of different positions, which I think shows you, you know, hey, if you don't address these positions early in the draft, there's guys later on that can help you at those spots. So we are also in the first segment going to be opening up the show, talking about the Chargers signing over the weekend, bringing in another upgrade on the offensive line in guard Ode Obushi who is from the Detroit Lions. The Chargers bring him in on a one-year deal, so we'll talk about the state of the offensive line with that signing and if he is going to be a starter for the Chargers. And then in the middle segment, we're going to be getting into just our thoughts on free agency so far. We did put out a post talking about what you guys would give the Chargers as far as a free agency grade after one week. Some were pretty harsh. Some were pretty positive, so we'll kind of go over that and talk about our initial thoughts. On what the Chargers did in the first week of free agency. So let's go ahead and get into it. Over the weekend, NFL reporter Mike Garofalo reported that the Chargers have signed offensive guard Ode Abushi to a one-year $1.75 million contract. Abushi played for the Lions over the past couple of seasons and last year got a lot of playing time. He ended up starting eight games, and seven of those games he ended up starting at right guard. So that was a position that the Chargers had to fill after they decided to release Trey Turner who they traded for with the Panthers and then cut after one season. We already knew that they found a left guard in Matt Filer. We knew they had addressed the center position with Corey Lindsley, David. Now it looks like they have someone that's at least in the running to go play the right guard position for them, and a guy that's potentially coming off of his best pro season.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, going on, putting the tape on, watching Odeo Bushi, the first thing that sticks out to me is... This guy's always looking for work. I mean, he has some pancakes on his tape, which is always nice. But, I mean, this guy, I mean, if he doesn't have somebody in front of him, he's going to help the guy next to him. I mean, this is the first time he got some extending playing extended playing time. I thought he played pretty well. I mean, he didn't really let anybody get too close to the quarterback. He was used to pull, was good out in space, has, good, has some pretty good athleticism. And for $1.75 million, I mean, that is an incredible value for this guy. Considering who the Chargers had on the offensive line last year, I'm very comfortable in saying that this guy is an upgrade, and he might not even be the starter. He might just be brought in to provide some depth. We still don't know what the Chargers are going to do in the draft, but even if he is brought in to be a starter, it's it looks like an
0: upgrade to me. I like the signing. I like the signing a lot. And I know that the Chargers are kind of known for, at least Tom Telesco, being able to bring in bargain free agents. And I think this is about the time when he usually strikes or at least gets started. And it seems like after the early influx of guys who were near or at the top of their position group in free agency, guys like even Michael Davis, Corey Lindsley, those guys making the top money, even though Michael Davis is a pretty good deal. Those ones came at the beginning, but now it's kind of getting back to what Tom Telesco usually does. I mean, brings Jared Cook in on a pretty reasonable deal. Now he brings in Ibushi here on a good deal who... Has a legitimate chance to start. And I think that at this point, the Chargers might have, you know, upgraded three out of the four offensive line positions they were trying to fill, even if he is the starter. And that's going to be kind of up for grabs. You know, Tyree St. Louis was brought back. He was pretty rough to watch for a little while last year in a short period of time. They also have Scott Questenberry. Maybe he gets back in the good favor of the coaching staff under Brandon Staley and these new guys. It's hard to tell, John, but right now, I mean, this seems like a good sign for the Chargers. It seems like they're very still committed to getting that offensive line fixed, and I almost wish it was like a two-year deal with the chance to at least keep him around for a little bit more money if it was to work out, but what were your first impressions of the deal?
2: I'd say my first impressions are that we have a chance at getting debt at the offensive line position now. With how cheap of a deal he has, there's a chance he could— be a starter or be a backup because if he was making, say, $8 million a year, you're not going to make that backup money. You're going to want that money to be on the field all the time. But with the money he has, now he has the opportunity to be the backup. So if you were to somehow get another signing or get two offensive linemen in the draft and that's your two starters, now you're starting to get some really good depth at the offensive line position, which is something we haven't even had in years. That's going to be really key, especially with COVID still being an issue with weight room workouts and stuff like that it's gonna be really big to get depth. And I like the point you're making about this is when Telesco starts to take off. But this time it's like as if he had a head start. The the comparison I wanna make is if you're this NFL team that always makes comebacks, say you're down twenty seven to seven and then the next game you're down like twenty eight to three, but you always end up coming back and almost winning. And now there's this one game where you're only down like twelve to ten at halftime. It's like, okay, we're the second half team. This is our chance. Now we have a head start at this I feel like that's what this is. Usually we just wait until now, and then he makes these good signings. But now he has all these great signings, and he's already got a head start. Now he gets to use all that bargaining strategies that he likes to use to just make depth or find some extra pieces that you need before the draft.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I think that's right on, and I think that when you're already having the premier guys that you want brought in, even if it's not you know as many premier guys as most fans would probably like to see, I mean, Tom Telesco, you know, right now is pretty much where he's normally at as far as how much cap flexibility he has, right? I mean, this is the most money he's ever had in free agency in a year where the salary cap went down. So he has more flexibility this season. So you've seen that, you know, top flight signings. We haven't really seen a lot on the defensive side, but on the offensive side, getting those three guys and you still have a chance to, you know, add more to the position. Now there's still a huge hole at left tackle, David, and now... You can still address, you know, the interior of the offensive line in round three or four. But now it's not a priority. As of now, left tackle in the draft seems like a huge priority. If one of those big guys still is there at the top, you would think other teams would know, hey, if we want to get a tackle, we have to go ahead of them. But we still could see a signing that kind of seems like a band-aid and maybe opens up their options a little bit. But having these three offensive linemen definitely takes some of the importance away from having to hit on all these draft picks because guess what? Tom Telesco really hasn't hit on any offensive line draft picks. I mean, it's hard to think off the top of my head which guy I would say, hey, he, Tom Telesco drafted that guy. He's a really good offensive lineman, right? So it puts less stress on them to have to go into the draft knowing, hey, we need two interior offensive linemen and an offensive tackle in the first three picks.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think they can feel really... uh a lot better about where their offensive line is right now going into the draft as they have in years past. I mean, they have three guys they can legitimately say are going to improve their offensive line in whatever capacity they choose to um, deploy them. I mean, a really is what I'm talking about. Obviously Matt Filer and Corey Lindsley are going to be starters and they are incredible upgrades at both of those positions, but having those guys in place with Brian Bulago who hopefully will, you know, see some more health this year. You're looking at an offensive line. That's looking like it's almost 180, 180 degrees better than it was last year. And yes, you can wait a little bit. You don't have to feel so pressured to take multiple offensive linemen right off the bat. I think everyone knows the Chargers need an offensive tackle, at least that, you know, there's, and there's still a couple of options out there in free agency where they can address and provide a stopgap and get a quality one, if that. And I you mean, Alejandro Villanueva is still out there. I mean, they could bring him in. And not have to worry about it too much, but I think everyone knows the Chargers still need to tackle, but they can wait to address the interior of the offensive line to a little bit later. But with these guys in place, you feel for the first time that the Chargers have put an, a point of emphasis on the offensive line, and you feel pretty good about where they're at at this point in time. I honestly don't remember the last time I can say I feel pretty decent about where the Chargers offensive line is standing.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not there yet. I I like the direction it's headed because even the right tackle position still feels like it's a coin flip right now. And a coin flip is basically how much, you know, Brian Buaga played last season. He had about a 50-50, you know, shot that he was going to play. So I still think obviously the depth is going to be very important. You're not going to have to, you know, shove any of these younger guys who we haven't really seen on the roster into starting roles or the guy we've seen with, you know, limited exposure. And I think it is a good start with the, you know, knowing that they also need to continue to add to it. But three guys, three upgrades from the starting offensive line in 2020, and that's if this guy starts. But breeding that competition is something that Brandon Staley has preached since he's gotten into LA. So I think that even if he has a good competition with Scott Questenberry, whoever it is, that's only going to make these guys better. And then the chemistry will be the next biggest thing because there is such a big turnover. But we do have two more segments to get into because we are going to get into our free agency grades at this point in our breakdown of how we feel this free agency period has gone over the first week. Before wrapping up the show with our mock draft Monday 6.0, going over fifth round draft picks for the Chargers coming up right after this. But first thing you tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast is betonline.ag. I don't know if you guys are watching March Madness, but it has been absolute madness. This is probably the craziest March Madness I have ever watched and bet on because I've been on some underdogs so far in March Madness, and they have paid off for me, and I only bet with betonline.ag. If you guys want to get in on the action, win some big money on any of these teams that are winning right now. I mean, Oral Roberts taking out Florida and Ohio State. I mean, so much crazy stuff is happening it's even crazier when you have some action on the game. There's only one place to do it, so just head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today at betonline.ag, and you can receive a 50% welcome bonus with the promo code LOCKEDON. That's your online sportsbooks experts over at betonline.ag with free money with the promo code LOCKEDON. All right, guys. Well, first, I just want to start by saying it's always funny, you know kind of just watching social media kind of just get a flame lit under it especially during free agency because people are never really satisfied and i'm not even saying people are wrong as far as you know wanting the chargers to get certain players getting upset if the chargers don't get certain guys but so far i think the chargers have made some significant improvements at certain positions and they retained one of the top two free agents that they really had to retain and michael davis hunter henry walks out the door but we have to remember i mean this was a week Won a free agency, John. I mean, last year at this point, the Chargers really hadn't signed anyone, you know. And then you see the Chris Harris Jr. signings, Linval Joseph, Brian Bulaga. Not to say you know that those signings worked out or didn't, but the Chargers really weren't active, you know, right out of the gate in free agency. So we obviously can't give a total grade right now on who the charge or what the Chargers have done in free agency. We put a poll out there; most of it was spanning anywhere from an A to a C-minus was the lowest one, but it probably averaged out to be about a B. A ton of responses for you guys, though. I mean, it's definitely volatile, those comments, and just as far as some people being pretty far apart from others. But, John, how would you grade the Chargers' first week of free agency, obviously knowing there's still time to do more?
2: I would go A-minus, and that's just because we only had one defensive signing, and that was Michael Davis. I want more. Uh, of the defensive line. Basically, if we would have got even like some small little depth piece for the defensive line, some, someone really cheap that probably has no chance of starting but was decent depth, I probably would have given it an A+, but we only had one defensive signing. It was mostly offensive heavy. But it was finally some first-week action. You got top-notch guys at the offensive line and at a tight end, and you resigned your best corner from last year. And you got some pretty good deals on these guys as well. You did not have to break the bank for them, so it's going to be a minus for me.
0: Yeah, and obviously Corey Lindsley's contract seems like kind of an albatross, especially considering you get Matt Filer, twenty one million over three years, Michael Davis around twenty five million over three years. But it's also you know easy to keep in mind that that contract is really like a two year contract, right? They can really get out of it if things go terribly wrong with Corey Lindsley and. As Corey Lindsay talked about in his press conference, like he now has to kind of live up to that contract. And we all know that's true to a certain extent. But if you're in the NFL and you hit some of those big cap years, you better make yourself indispensable, right? I mean, you better make it so the team has to take those big cap hits in those later years because it's worth it to them because you're such a great player. But just getting back to, you know, the total transactions, I mean, bringing in Corey Lindsay, Matt Filer, Jared Cook, Odeo Bushi. Bring back Michael Davis, Ty Long, and Michael Badgley, whatever. But, David, a lot of players lost. Rayshawn Jenkins, Hunter Henry, Denzel Perryman, Isaac Rochelle, Cole Toner, or Dan Feeney. Eh, like I said before. But there's been a lot of turnover so far this free agency. So if you were giving a grade like everyone on Twitter, where would you put it around?
1: Yeah. I mean, the Chargers have had a interesting free agency period. I mean, we've actually had things to talk about. Thank you for that, by the way. Um, but if I'm looking at the overall body of work about things that the Chargers have put a point of emphasis on in the first week, I'm going to go with the B. I mean, because they improved their offensive line drastically. They got an all pro, one of the best at his position in the NFL and Corey Lindsley. They brought in Matt Filer, who has been a very good offensive lineman in this league for five or six years. They brought in, a, you know, a, a, a high upside guy in Obushi, and Jared Cook is a veteran who's had a lot of success in the red zone. I just think that they still have some other things that they need to do. And, yes, we're only a weekend, so I like what they've done so far, but I still think they need to get a corner. I still think they need to get a pass rusher. I still think they need to get some depth on the defensive line. I mean, there are still things that need to be done, moves that need to be made. There's still some quality players out there that they can go get to try to help. But up to this point, it, it's not complete. So, But I like what they've done. So I'm giving them a solid B. I'd
0: probably go right in between you guys. I'd probably go with a B B+. But that's also just grading the first week. If they go to the end of free agency and they don't get anyone else, that grade's going to be a lot lower, right? Because there still are starting spots. Oh, without a doubt. Right, exactly. And that's why to keep it all That grade drops to
2: like a C, like easily a C if you don't get anybody else after this week.
0: And I'd be shocked if they didn't, right? I mean, that's definitely going to happen and we'll see some more of those patented Tom Telesco deals because there's still a ton of guys out there. I mean, the thought that the free agency market has totally dried up. Yes, some big names have been taken off the board there's major contributors that are still out there that can still really help teams. So I do think there's still a lot of talent out there. I do think there's going to be opportunities to bring in impact players, starters on the team at lower prices than what you get in week one. And I think that's why it's all relative. And I think we have to, you know, wait and see what the finished product is. But my biggest takeaways after week one is, yes, a major commitment to the offensive line. Improvement we're only going to see once the season starts. Right? I mean, we don't know if these guys are going to be better, even if they played better than well, the guys we've seen.
2: Well, it's also a thing. Of, like, most Charger fans are upset on Twitter because we didn't get the big-name guys that they wanted. But, I mean, sure, if you look over the years, like a Mario Williams type of, type of thing, Mario Williams signed this big <laughs> deal with the Bills, and he was never yeah. heard of again afterward. You know, Donald Butler gets a big deal, is never, never heard of again. Like, you, just because they're a big name does not mean you have to go get them need to know a lot of stuff on the inside that we don't have access to like prior game situations, maybe medical records and how they fit your scheme. And then on top of that, it's also the money. Like, I mean, you're not going to get some of these guys that are like uh Hunter Henry's deal that he got at the Patriots. You're not going to give him that. You don't have the money for that and be able to spend on all the other stuff. It's, it's all about making it all work like one big puzzle piece. So, you might get more value out of a lot of cheap guys in these next couple of weeks than you probably would have any other team that spent big money. Like when the Jets got Le'Veon Bell, big money on him, and then what do they end up doing? They end up getting rid of him. Like you gotta make sure you know what you're getting.
1: Well, yeah, Tom Telesco gave out the biggest free agent contract he has, right? With Corey Lindsley. Isn't he doesn't isn't that the biggest deal he's given out so far? For but an external the, free agent, right, I think. Right. Besides the internal guys, I mean that's just not who Tom Telesco is. He's Even when he has space, he wants to make sensible signings. So he, to, the fact that he even gave $62 million to a center is a little bit outside of his character. So, I mean, that's just who the general manager of the Chargers is. He doesn't go out there and sign the big names. He goes out there and he gives money to people who he thinks is going to help the team, whether he is right or not.
0: Yeah, and obviously, it's another thing where even when we see the Chargers draft, we're not going to be able to make a full assessment until we actually see the guys play. So it has to come together. We have to see it. But I think this has all been a juggle of hey, you know, who's going to help us now? And also, who is going to, you know, hamper us in the future with these multi year deals, right? Like, they're giving themselves flexibility in 2022, 2023. I think. If you're getting out contracts, do it now because the salary cap is about to explode with a new TV deal from the NFL. So, yeah, I'm upset they didn't go and get, you know, Kyle Fuller, right? I'm upset that they didn't even, you know, maybe have a chance at Troy Hill, who I think, you know, that four year, $24 million deal looked pretty good, especially with the amount of years and how much you can move the money around. There's some signings that I definitely wish the Chargers would have made, but. Let's wait until, and see what happens. There's still some starting positions that have to be addressed. Major depth positions at safety and some other spots on the defense and offense. So we'll have to wait and see what happens. But I've definitely liked the start. Most of all, I like what they're doing for Justin Herbert. And I think in that sense, they've done a really, really good job giving him a tight end who can be a mismatch and make you know him more comfortable giving him offensive line. Now you have to fill out the rest. But we do have one more segment to get into, and it's Mock Draft Monday 6.0. So we're going to talk about some players the Chargers could be targeting in the fifth round coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys about Built Bar Madness. If you guys thought the March Madness is crazy, well, Built Bar Madness is even crazier. We've been telling you guys about Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate covering all the bars and right now they are duking it out in the Coliseum. The built bar brackets are underway and there's been a lot of good flavors already knocked off the bracket and today's matchup is birthday cake versus coconut. I'm not a big coconut guy. I mean the coconut brownie chunk, that one was pretty dang good and I really, that one kind of took me by surprise but I'm more of a white chocolate guy anyway, so I'm definitely going birthday cake for this one. It's one of their newer flavors. I've always been a fan of birthday cake flavored things. Say what you will. But you guys can actually get your input on it at BuiltBar.com. You can check out the bracket at Bar underscore Built on Twitter. And remember, guys, if you're going to BuiltBar.com, you can always save some money. As one of our listeners, if you use the promo code LOCKED15, You can get 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15, all caps, one word, to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best-tasting protein bar. All right, guys, well, it's time to get into Mock Draft Monday 6.0. We have, you know, just over five weeks until the draft, I guess or six, just under six weeks until the draft. But either way, it's coming up, and as the Chargers keep filling out spots in free agency, we get a better idea of what they're going to need in the draft. So on today's show, we have covered, you know, both of the Chargers third round picks, their fourth round picks, potentially first and second. We've done all of those rounds. Now we're on to the fifth round where. It gets a lot harder to know who is there. So to give us an idea of who could be there, we use the draft network mock draft simulator to kind of give us an idea of who would be around these spots. And these are some of the guys we came up with. So, David, who's the first guy on your list that you think might be able to get to the fifth round and you'd be excited about if the Chargers decided to take a chance on them?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's pretty funny. Uh, there's so much volatility every time you run the draft simulator, there's different guys that are there every single time. So you try to just look for guys that are kind of some repeat offenders, or you look for guys that could be a potential match for some needs that you have. So that's the route I went. So I was looking for a tight end. One of the guys I saw that I liked at that position who could be a second tight end on this team to help out with Jerry Cook is Trey McKitty. Trey McKitty is, you know, a late round guy, but has good size. He's six foot four, two hundred and fifty pounds. He's a uh, he's definitely a good blocker. Uh, he's a very willing blocker. He definitely will stick his nose in there and and give you. He's not going to move the pile, but he's going to get his job done. But he is a very good pass catcher. Um, he doesn't have blade, like crazy stats or anything, but he has a, a great run after the catch ability. In Florida State where he played, they used him in a variety of different ways. They did tight end screens with him. They would try to do little shovel passes with him. Any way to try to get him moving in space... He was very, very good at breaking tackles and getting extra yards. The one thing I loved about him is his wingspan. I mean, his body control and his ability to go up and get the football, make one-handed catches, like he has a rare ability to, to do that. I think he'd be a really high-quality tight end, too, a, a good blocker, and a guy that could you know learn some things from Jared Cook and work his way into potentially earning some starting opportunities as well. So I think Trey McKitty would be a great tight end target in the fifth round.
0: Yeah, and then he went on, obviously, to transfer to Georgia as well. Was that the senior bowl, too? I mean, definitely a guy that could be interesting as a late-round flyer, depending on how much you think you need to add at the tight end position. So, John, who are some of the fifth-round picks that you would get excited about the Chargers taking a look at?
2: One guy is a guy we've talked about before on here, and that's the guy that ran a 4.2640 in the video that was posted on Twitter, and that is Anthony Schwartz from Auburn. Do we have a lot of wide receivers? Yes, but there's a chance you could probably get rid of Joe Reed or K.J. Hill if need be. I mean, we've talked about the possibility of Joe Reed being the guy that would be cut and you would fill him with Anthony Schwartz, who could be a gunner who has been talked about in some of the press conferences by Staley and by Telesco that we need gunners. Well, here's a guy that could be your gunner. Speedy wide receiver could also be a deep threat if you needed another one to go with Jalen Guyton and if you need, really need special teams help and it's the fifth round, why not take the, the draft pick?
0: Yeah, when obviously it's taken out of pro day, right? There's no official NFL scouting combine this season. So you have to take some of these times with a grain of salt. But I mean, it's pretty well known that that's one of the fastest guys in college football. And I think that that's just somebody you'd want to have on the team just because of the versatility it gives your offense, especially if you want to have an offense where you're attacking people down the field, that ability to stretch the field. I mean, there's fast and there's fast, fast, right? I mean, Tyron Johnson and Jalen Guyton are fast. This guy is faster, right? I mean, you can just tell... And you can see it in his speed. So I think that it is someone that, you know, especially for a guy who's fast, has a little bit of ability as far as body control, can catch the ball pretty well. I mean, played with a broken hand for a while as a receiver, which has to be pretty tough. Uh, But yeah, it's definitely a late round fire. If you're going to go for somebody late like this, you might as well get elite traits. So I do think that is something that would be interesting if he gets to the fifth round. But I also thought, you know, wide receivers here, whether it's him, whether it's, you know, Des Fitzpatrick, who we might talk about a little bit, Cornell Powell. There's some interesting options. The other position I thought was edge rusher that had some interesting options as well, whether it's either smaller school guys or guys that maybe didn't have the flashy numbers as far as pass rush production. But I think Dalen Hayes from Notre Dame is an edge guy that the Chargers will be interested in and have met with, especially because of the Tom Telesco-Notre Dame connection. I mean, that has been one of the only constants of Tom Telesco that and not really drafting offensive linemen during his tenure here he only had three sacks in 2020 six tackles for a loss but the one thing he does bring is he has the physical side of the game to be an outside linebacker set the edge play physical in the running game what you need from your linebackers especially in Brandon Staley's system and I think you would have to wait a little bit more For the pass rush upside to potentially show itself and he's never shown himself as an elite elite pass rusher but i would like the at least the start of being a physical enough guy to play at the nfl level david i know there was another outside linebacker edge player that you had your eyes on as well
1: yeah another guy who showed out pretty well at the senior bowl and that's ellerson smith i mean small school guy but he is a monster six foot seven 250 pounds and I've always said, if you're going to play at a small school, you better have some crazy stats. Well, in 2019, he had those crazy stats. 63 total tackles, 14 sacks, 21.5 tackles for loss, 5 forced fumbles, 4 pass deflections, and 2 blocked kicks. So this guy made his mark all over the football field. He has already some pretty good pass rush chops. I think he needs to be a little bit better against the run and and do a better job of containing on the outside. But I think he has some tools that you can work with as a guy who could bring in and give you more pass rush ability right now than Isaac Rochelle, a guy who left in free agency and the Chargers are going to have to replace that. So I think Ellerson Smith could do that, do a good job doing that.
0: Yeah, I like the way that he tackled in space, too, especially out at the senior bowl. Definitely would be a guy who would have to come in as a situational pass rusher. And sometimes it's tough taking pass rushers like Kyle Emanuel from smaller schools. But I really liked what I saw from this guy. Probably not physical enough to consistently play the run right now. But as far as a guy that can get after the passer, I like the upside there. John, anyone else you want to touch on as far as Chargers' potential fifth-round picks?
2: Well, it's a guy you touched on earlier and a guy you got to see in person, Wade, and that would be Louisville wide receiver Des Fitzpatrick, who led all pass catchers in the senior bowl with six catches for 90 yards, and he had some pretty nice catches as well, some nice fades towards the sideline, over-the-shoulder catches right when you're like on the boundary line of the sideline. He's really athletic, nice, speedy upper body as well when it comes to using hands and getting guys off of him. He also has a speedy lower body, really quick getting out of cuts. Yeah. The one thing I would say kind of is bad for him is he doesn't really come back to the ball very well. If you're running like a hook route or something like that, he's probably not going to come back to the ball. But anything that's straight ahead, a slant, a deep route, anything like that, he's going to do really good at. And the reason I looked at this guy and picked him for this show is I have yet to see an extension for Mike Williams right. be talked about. All I've seen is he's going to be getting 15 million this year. That's it, one year. Right. After that, you're going to have to find somebody if you're not going to extend him, and I think Fitzpatrick could be that possible replacement. I think he can do the same things as Mike Williams besides the jump balls. That's the one thing you might you might lose out on, but all the amazing sideline catches and intermediate route catches, I think he can still do that same stuff.
1: And he gets to learn from one of the best route runners in the NFL in Keenan Allen,
0: so could be a good pick. And for like a tall, lanky guy, I mean, yeah, he was the offensive MVP of the Senior Bowl. I thought he did get in and out of his breaks really well. I mean, he was had a ton of catches in the Senior Bowl and during the week leading up to the game. I mean, he had a couple ridiculously like, contested juggling down the field catches where he showed a good ability to track the ball and make big time plays. I was really surprised the guy for his size was able to get in and out. The way that he was and he didn't seem like an absolute burner but he seemed like a better separator or more of a separating type of wide receiver than mike williams which is one of the things i think kind of hurts him with justin herbert who doesn't want to always throw into those super tight throwing windows or lob it up for a jump ball but a guy who has the size has you know speed to play at the nfl level even though he's not a burner i like that pick a lot he's definitely a guy i would be targeting in the later rounds of the draft especially seeing him up close and coming away really impressed with him. I think that's been a popular pick around a lot of guys who covered an NFL team and you know went to the Senior Bowl as well as far as the fifth, sixth round, somewhere around there. But that is going to wrap things up for today's show. Make sure to check back in with us tomorrow because in tomorrow's show we're going to talk about how free agency so far has changed the way that we're looking at the Chargers draft class coming up and much more. But until then, make sure to follow us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC and to like the Facebook page LockedOnChargers. Make sure to follow us on Instagram on our new Instagram page if you don't already, which is at LockedOnChargers. If you guys want to give us your free agency grade or you want to call in and defend maybe your comment on our Twitter post or anything like that with a voicemail, the one way to do that is calling into the line at 323-524-7924, and we'll definitely get into some voicemails this week, especially as free agency slows down a little bit and then going in the future, We'll be getting some draft prospects and stuff like that on the show very soon. So make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. You can find the Locked On Chargers podcast there. And if you guys would rate and review if you like the show, we would really appreciate that. But we'll be back with you guys tomorrow. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.